John the eighth verses um, ten through eleven. Uh, well, really, it was one through eleven, and I felt that it was necessary to to be part two because part one was really doing the background because it was inconsistent with the title. What is the title? Forgiven. And so, um, so we want to talk about that whole idea about forgiven, but you had to know the background as to what was happening in chapter uh, uh, one through seven to see that happen. Then we'll see what forgiven being, being forgiven. They're talking about forgiving. How do you feel when you are forgiven? And, uh, and that's, we need to understand that. The more you feel forgiven, the more you're more focused on praising the Lord and all these other things that goes on. Well, let's follow a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for our time together and uh, thank you for your word and what it has to say to us this morning as we think about the whole idea of being forgiven. Thank you, Lord, that you and this whole idea of dealing with sin you had a way out for us. You knew that man was going to sin. You even knew that Satan was going to go rebel against you. Nothing caught you by surprise. But there's no forgiveness for Satan. But because of what Jesus Christ had done on the cross of Calvary for us, we are, through his blood, forgiven. The slate had been wiped clean. Your amazing grace had changed us. And have set us in a different setting. Help us, Lord, to uh, look at these verses and consider what goes on as we look at Jesus Christ stepping in at the last moment on behalf of this woman. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints say, Amen. I have this picture before you where this woman who was caught in adultery. Um, and her accusers wanted to stone her. And we wouldn't be a bit surprised that they had the stones and they were ready to do it. They were ready to take her out. And um, you'll find that the gist of the story is not the Pharisees. The gist of the story, or the scribes, the gist of the story is not what he wrote on the ground. It's only mentioned once, or well, twice, that he wrote. Other than that, it does not say anything else about Jesus writing on the ground. So the story is not about Jesus writing on the ground. It's not across the Pharisees and, uh, and the scribes. And you have to understand these, these guys were slick. Maybe I'm getting ahead of my message. But these guys were slick. You see, what happened was that when they asked Jesus, the, well, according to the law, and this woman was caught in the very act, according to King James, says, uh, what do you say we should do? And so... Um, it said, according to the law of Moses. And so uh, Jesus didn't answer. And so Jesus wrote down, he started writing on the ground, okay? And as he stood down right on the ground, then he stood up and said, um, he who is uh, righteous, let him throw the first stone. Now understand the trick of the question. If Jesus Christ would have said, go ahead and stone her, then he would have violated another a Roman's law that said, you are not to stone an individual without the Romans' uh, permission. So then, if you stone her, then you go against Moses' law. If you stone her, uh, if, you, if you don't stone her, you see, you violate God's law, although you uh, obey. So you see the conflicts here? And so Jesus Christ said, I'm not getting into this. 
As a matter of fact, he didn't say anything to him. He just got on, he got on down and just stopped writing. And it, guess what? The Bible didn't say what he wrote on the ground. I seen commentary, commentators and guys talking about what Jesus wrote on the ground. It had nothing to do with him writing on the ground. Nothing. Nothing. And I think we established that it says when they heard his words, that's what that convicts a person. That's the that that releases a person when they heard his words. Uh, that nailed them. And it said from uh, from old to the youngest, they start they start easing on off the scene. Uh, that's and so we're talking about the whole idea of Jesus stepping in at the right time. Praise God for the right time. We're talking about two types of self. That that, that woman was saved two times. Okay. Do you know that they they said that when it comes down to salvation, uh, you uh, uh, in the, in the Bible it says about fifteen hundred times is mentioned. Okay. Uh, you said, boy, I've been I've been saved five times today, and uh, said, no, you can only, no no no. I, I'm already saved by Jesus, but the word "saved" me delivered. Okay. She was delivered from the stones that uh, that uh, would have taken her out into eternity. And I mentioned the fact that had she died under the stones then she had to still face the judgment of God. It was a double whammy. But when Jesus came, he delivered her from the stones and then delivered her from what God would have put on her. Oh, she was saved indeed, okay? And then somebody said, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that fills my soul. Something happened. And now I know he touched me. Okay. So that's, that's why we get into this text when we get into look at that. And remember, as students, and that's why they had a little pad, as students, we're watching what Jesus would do. And then as students, Jesus will tell you that whenever you get into a conflict like that, keep your mouth shut uh, because they can't blame you when you keep your mouth shut. Everybody, even a fool is considered prophet, even a fool is considered wise when he keeps his mouth shut. I know you're tempted and say and Satan says, say something. No, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut until I till I keep in control of what's going on. And, and guess what? Something else. As students, didn't the Lord know that the Pharisees gonna do that in the scribes? Didn't the Lord know that the the adulterous woman would have uh, uh would have uh, you know would, would be caught? Didn't the Lord know that if she wasn't stopped at that point. She would have continued to do it. She would have died yeah. in her sin and burned in the lake of fire. But the father was on his way and he showed up at the right time. His job was not to talk about the smoke, the law of Moses and all that. No, 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 no. There's a woman that's getting ready to be issued into eternity. My purpose is to the utmost, Jesus said. And so what happened was that Jesus was right there at the right time, and it was not an accident. When oh, you know, they interrupted his meeting, okay? And, and interrupting his meeting, he also interrupted this woman being shifted out into eternity. Everybody with me so far? That's what the verse is talking about, okay? Uh, I know the commentary is going to say that, but I agree with the commentaries on this and this, amen. I just want to take it a little bit further as we get into the word, and so we're going to go a little bit deeper as we go into uh, this, these 11 uh, verses. So we're, we're down now to verse 10, 11. So, uh, so that's why you have this picture here. And now uh, John 8, 10 said, Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, and, and I explained that too. When he said woman, that was not disrespect. You know, he didn't say woman. He said, he said woman. And during that time, it was a compliment 
you always address that, like um, ma'am or whatever the case may be. It's, it's very complimentary. He says, a woman, uh, where are they? Has no one condemned you? John 8, 11. She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on, sin no more. Amen. Um, did he say, do you see anywhere where he says, I have forgiven you? I've delivered you. Okay. He said, but sin no more. This is Don Racket projected. Whenever you forgive a sin, you have to pay the price. Because when you tell a person, I forgive you, that means don't bring that matter up again. You already said you forgive me. So uh, no, let that turkey die and let it stay there, okay? So the whole idea is this. When a person forgives you, then that means I'll never bring it up again. That's why those are be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. That's it. God in Christ has forgiven you. You are forgiven. That's forgive us our death as we forgive us our forgive our debt. And so he says, go and sin no more. But what about forgiving her, Lord? Well, I'm on my way to Calvary. And uh, on my way to Calvary, I'll be dying for all those individuals that I have delivered. Whether it's a man on the cross of Calvary along with Jesus or this woman that committed adultery. And there's something we need to understand something too that Jesus delivered us from. Now, again, I'm talking ahead of myself. When you are caught in your sins, when you continue in your sins, your sins will define you. Okay. Uh, let me uh, throw out some like, um, well, I just, just an old one, you know, um, uh, like, well, Edi Hameen. You think of any word, the person, uh, uh, Saddam Hussein. Uh, what do you think? What record do you pump up in your mind when that comes up, okay? What, what record do people pull up when they call you by your name? And they're really calling you by your sins. Because every time you think about it, um, you think about their sins. She was, before the stones, an adulterous woman. That's why I refuse to call her an adulterous woman now. Because Jesus said, Neither do I. And when the Lord says, neither do I, the Lord just took the erase and said, okay, no more. That's what you used to be. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm, uh, he saved me. I'm not what I used to be, you know. Uh, but praise the Lord. I'm not what I ought to be. He, he touched me and made me whole. There's therefore now no condemnation. And guess what? It's in Romans too. Romans 8 when it talks about uh, there is therefore now no condemnation. And that's why, listen, Sam, please let me help you. Please don't go around talking about I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you are. You are saved by the grace of God. Just leave that sinner off, okay? I am saved by the grace of God uh, who delivered me. That's who I am. Well, we're just one sinner telling another sinner where the Bible. No, you are a born again, blood washed, renamed on your way to glory, saint of God, telling somewhere how someone how to get there. That's who you are. 
So live by what you are, okay? Uh, folks always talk, hey, well, you should have known me when I was a sinner. Well, I don't want to know. If Jesus forgave you, why are you going why are you going to tell me that mess? Oh, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so it's, it's important then that don't let your past take you, nail you today and follow you into tomorrow. Leave it back there because he has already forgiven you. As far as the east is from the west, he has forgiven you. Well, I haven't got to my outline. No, go, okay. We are able to follow John's narrative and we're able to observe a day in Jesus' life. He rose up early to pray to the Father uh, in the Mount of Olives, that was verse 1. He proceeded to carry out his responsibility by teaching in the temple. And the Lord telling us, start your day off in prayer. The next thing, once you start your day off in prayer, then he proceeded to carry out his responsibility to saving the, the, uh, the, the lost. And, uh, and he taught and what have you, his responsibility was teaching in the temple. He prevented the hostility of his enemies to dominate and hinder his plan. He didn't waste time on none essential. Okay. Why? Because if you defeat them now, they're going to come back anyway. You know. So save your time, save your breath. Why are they going to come back? Because they haven't changed. So the same folks will come back with the same song, uh, second verse, a little bit louder, a little bit worse. Same thing. Okay. Uh, he pardoned the woman who was caught in adultery. And praise the Lord, he stopped her on a path that um, when you think about the word adultery, it didn't say a prostitute, it said adultery. And when you say adultery, that means she, she was married. Not was married, she was married. Adultery means that she's already messed up with God, already messed up with her family, and now she's going to be stoned to death. She's a bad shape. She was caught in adultery. And just before she went over the cliff into eternity, here comes Jesus. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that great? I don't know. Some, I, I think about, uh, well, I don't, I don't dwell on That the Lord had not come into my life and had not stopped me in my tracks and had not exposed me where would I have been? But you know what? I'm going. I'm not going to even speculate what all that's all. I'm looking at what he's doing now and what's ahead of me in the future. Amen? Well, uh, so, the, uh, so let's go on. I aim to make sure that we understand the essence of the narrative of the, uh, of the 11 verses of John 8. Everyone was guilty. Jesus was prepared prepared for any challenges. The woman's sin had brought her to the brink of death with no hope or opportunity to repent. God mercy said, no. There was a different plan that was designed for that specific moment. The three S's. Number one, he stopped her. What did he do? The next thing, he stopped her from sinning. No more sinning from this point on. It said, praise the Lord, he stopped her. I'm so glad that the Lord stopped me from the things that I was doing. Boy, I played the organ and with the choir and all that. But the Lord knew my, my other life and God said, stop it. Okay. The next thing that the Lord did, not only did he stop me, but what's the next word that he used? He what? He saved her from the death penalty 
physical and eternal. When Jesus stopped her, he said, I'm stopping you from sinning and I'm stopping you from going to the lake of fire. Stop. I'm so glad that he's a wonderful Lord that know how to stop us at the right time. Okay. There's not a one that the Lord have determined before the foundation of the world. There's not a one that the Lord said, oops, I missed that one. Okay. To the utmost, Jesus saves. The next one is what? Set her. Set her on a new path with a new norm. He says, go and sin no more. Wow. But as we go on then uh, to our next slide, uh, observation. We are observing, uh, what we are observing is something that should never happen. You hear what I'm saying? This is important. What we are observing is the, the, the possibility of that woman being stoned those Pharisees, all of that should have never happened. Never happened. All of the wars that are that's from uh, from Adam, all of the, from the sin of Adam all the way down should have never happened. Whenever you sin, you set in motion something that God never intended to happen. You hear what I'm saying? I, those are the young lady, and she permitted me to say, I asked her for permission to share this, and I think I shared this before. I shared about this young lady who uh, came in for counseling, and uh, and she was saying that, she said, well, maybe you can help me. And I said, well, have a seat. She sit in my living room, and um, and she said, here's what it is. said that um, everybody told me not to mar uh, marry this guy. He was on drugs, et cetera. Don't marry him. And she decided to go ahead and marry him anyway. Make a long story short. He turned around and killed her mother and her grandmother. And now she goes through life with regrets. It should have never happened. You all get it? The woman getting ready to be stoned, it should have never happened. So when Jesus says, go and sin no more, don't, don't let this happen, because when you sin, you bring other folks into it. And there's some things that are irreversible when you do it. I got fired from my job. What did you say to the boss? Well, I told him, I gave him a piece of my mind. Said, uh -huh. see, and what, what did the Lord tell you to do? Okay. See, the reason that you're fired from your job and trying, trying to get compensation and everything else, it should have never happened. He should have kept your mouth shut. <laughs> Amen. All right. Okay, Thomas. Stop it. Keep going. Okay. For the record, every decision we make uh, must not or should be filtered through the will of God. What I'm saying is this. Every decision that we make, we have to filter through the will of God. Everything that we go by, everything we live by. Why? Because we are in Christ and we're following him. We are his disciples. We are his learners. Following him and what he's telling us to do. Take the notes and do it. When you don't do it, you step outside of the will of God. You mess up. And now you say, Lord, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, oh, here's the other word. I hate it. I'm only human. Ah. What do you mean you're only human? You're more than conquerors through him that, that love us. 
You're given a new eternity, been saved by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then you come up with this, people always come up with this rationale. Well, we are only human. What do you mean by that? Explain it. And give me the biblical record where when you mess up, you're only human. The Bible says when you mess up, if we confess your sins, he's faithful and just forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Uh, now, that's that's uh, that's what believers do. Question: what are, what are the blessings and dynamics of being forgiven? And that's what the, that was the theme of the that was the theme of the message uh, on forgiving. Um, let us consider three things we should observe and bless the Lord, bless the God of our salvation. Number one: acknowledging and accepting the radical change in her life. She experienced no accuser. Acknowledging that being forgiven is always by grace and the mercies of God. Number three, acknowledging and adjusting to a new way of life. What does it mean to be forgiven? Okay. Not to forgive, we talk about that, but being forgiven. And I think that that is so critical, that is so important that we look at this, okay? Uh, let's go on. Number one, acknowledging and accepting the defining moment, there are no accusers. And so if we look at this next slide, then as we move forward, John 8, 10, Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. Observation, the key word in this narrative is condemnation. It's mentioned two times. Did they condemn you? No one, Lord. Then the Lord says, neither do I. So the word condemnation, the Lord says, let's take that off, off the table. There, therefore, now, no condemnation. Let's go on. Being forgiven is remembering the closure of the offense against the will of God. You are forgiven. No more fear of retribution. No more regrets. It prevents, uh, it prevents um, depression. No more second guessing what you should have done, but focusing on what you will be doing. No more being under the control of Satan, but being guided by the Holy Spirit. That's being forgiven. Remembering that forgiveness was made available by God's extreme and calculated plan driven by his great love and mercy. Every choice you make will reflect the level of intimacy that you have established with God. Amen. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit and these are the verses uh, of life have set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. Psalm 32, uh, 1 and 2. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. You see, in the Old Testament, it's covered. And that's why the Hebrew writer says, it's covered until Jesus Christ came along, 
because the blood of the bull and goats could not do it, only covered it, but Jesus Christ wiped it away. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. Make sure that you have been forgiven. Okay. Think about this. If we don't embrace and act on God's grace and mercy, we'll be driven by the flesh, the old life, to think, speak, and act on a flawed position, from a flawed position that guarantees negative results. If you don't act on this, truly goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And guess what? But the Holy Spirit convicts us. And we, when he convicts us, then we go down and say, Lord, here's what has happened in my life. When you resist the Spirit, you say you grieve the Holy Spirit again. Okay. Be careful not to do that. Okay. Um, number two, acknowledging that being forgiven is always by the grace and mercies of God. Being forgiven then is the whole idea of acknowledging. Uh, not once, I, I would think that, uh, I know that my prayer is basically uh, every time. I first, you know what I think? I say, Lord, thank you for creating me. <laughs> you didn't have to do it. You know? Then thank you for putting up all these years with me. <laughs> then thank you, Lord, for the privilege that I'm able to kneel beside my bed, that you'll give me a bed and kneel beside. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you. Uh, have you acknowledged the freedom and the blessing of being forgiven? Not looking over your shoulder. She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. The woman's accusers have left. No doubt that there was a tremendous relief, but she was faced with another dilemma. Her sin against God was still on the books. And it was a violation that was punishable according to the law of Moses. And so when they didn't con condemn her, condemn her, then it says, uh, then uh, where's your accuser? He said, no one, Lord. And the Lord says, okay, then. If there's no one to condemn you on the physical end, then let me tell you something. In the spiritual court, neither do I go and sin no more. Wow. What a blessing uh, that this woman and the words that she heard. Uh, let me tell you something that when you, there are some times when a person sins, depending on what you sin, the sin is, there are some things that will follow you to your grave. Although the Lord has uh, forgiven you, although the Lord loves you and everything else, there are some things that follows you to your grave. And you have to be very careful of that. Understand that the Lord loves you. Um, I, I was thinking about the fact that, that um, my my brother, uh, he was he was shining shoes. He liked shining shoes, and his philosophy was get the, get the wax real hot, and then from there it'll be liquid, and you can do such such such. And he oh dumb me, I'm standing around. He took the um, the shoe polish and put it on the stove on the uh, stove there, and he lit it, and it got hot. And it caught on fire. And so he said, oh, oh, the room was darkening and everything else. I, um, I grabbed the closest thing I could uh, to uh, get it out the door. I had it on this pan 
And what happened, I said, open the door. He opened the door, but then, then as I was getting ready to throw it out, he let it go. And the fire, uh, it burned this side of my hand and everything else. And so to this day, every time uh, I look at it, number one, we shouldn't have been doing it in the first place. You know, mama is glad that we're much better. But you know, there's some things I still have to take to the grave. Uh, there, there's no regrets and all these other, just a memory. It's past now. There's some things that you probably have done. If God has forgiven you, quit talking about it. There's some th if, you, if there's some things that you messed up in the individual's lives, quit talking about it. Let it go. Let it go. Know this, God has forgiven you. And to that, to that, we should bless the Lord. Amen. Well, um, blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in, in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even if he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, before God even formed the world, he chose you to be a part of the family. That you should be, get us now, not that you should just exist and do your own thing. That you be holy and blameless before him in love. Go and sin no more. He predestined us to adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. According to the purpose of his will. We're still operating on God's plan. And guess what? We'll be on that plan throughout all eternity. Uh, God is constantly expanding. Uh, we can't put a time limit on. Amen? Okay, let's go on. There was a significant change in the vocabulary uh, used in addressing Jesus from uh, teacher to Lord. The scribes and the Pharisees addressed Jesus as a teacher. But the woman who was delivered addressed him as Lord. No one, Lord, and neither do I condemn you, revealed a significant change in the direction of her life. See, up to this point, he was, he was referred to as teacher. But here she says, no one, Lord. When the Lord forgave her, all of the name tags and her status were removed, never to be resurrected again. There will, will be scars for no condemnation. Her past will never impact her new standing in Christ. Her past will never again be fine. Individuals who, a person who are dealing with drugs, oh, they, are you, a, you that former drug dealer? No, I am a, I'm born again, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's who I am. Okay. That's who I am. I don't talk about yesterday. I like to talk to you about today and tomorrow. Uh, because then I didn't have the hope. Let me tell you about hope. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Hope name. Anyway, let me tell you about hope. The whole idea is that when you have it, you not only look here, but you always look forward. And I have a picture at the end of our, our message to show you what that means, what that looks like. Okay. All right. Now, let's go on. Number three. Acknowledging and adjusting to a new way of life. When you're forgiven, the impact of Christ's command on the woman is words uh, of freedom. It's words of admonition. 
go and sin no more. If it was words of accountability. If he tells you to go and sin no more, then guess what? I'm going to hold you accountable if you do sin. It was words addressing personal responsibility. Go. I'm not going to follow you, and I'm not going to save you again now. You go and don't sin anymore. Don't sin and regret you at the end of it. Do what's right and look to see me face to face. Go and sin no more. Uh, guess what I appreciate about the Bible? The Bible is not nitpicky. The Bible didn't follow and say, well, then she went home, and then she said, uh, I mean, this Bible just cut it all off right there, okay? Because the whole idea was she was forgiven. And there's some things she probably had to deal with. But you know what? This time, whatever she's dealing with, he has God on her side. Okay. Whenever you decide to sin no more, okay, then that's when God begins to really work his work in and through your life. What a blessing. And so she decided to, to do just that. Okay. No, I have never heard of a righteous person being uh, disciplined or condemned is reserved for those who have chosen to step outside God's will. Have, have you ever, have you ever seen a scripture where righteous people are condemned? Okay. God is trying to get us to be righteous, but why would he condemn us? But if we mess up now because of the, we're fighting the world, the flesh, and the devil, if we mess up, as a righteous person, what a person would do, if we'll confess our sins, we have an advocate, a lawyer, one who speak on our behalf in the courtroom on our behalf. Well, I think about CTA, uh, they have lawyers uh, uh, there with the, with, uh, at the courtroom. Uh, one CTA driver says, when we mess up, they already had their lawyers uh, to stand there on their behalf. I said, we have a lawyer in the courtroom. Amen. Psalm 119.11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What it means to be forgiven, make up your mind, don't do it. Be committed to receiving and applying the word of God in everything we do, think, and say. Become disciplined and uh, diligent in systematically reading, studying, and obeying the word of God. Closely following the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Pray daily, anticipating meeting the Lord and experiencing our first day in glory. Anticipating meeting the Lord and our first day in glory. One last thing then. When we have an obligation to remember and apply three requirements, remembering what the Lord has done for us, and we're talking about what or does the other side of being forgiven. Uh, readjusting our priorities and acknowledge that the Lord must be our first love. Releasing anything that is keeping us from loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Anticipating our first day in heaven with our Lord. First Corinthians said, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Question, what are you doing in preparation for being, uh, for being the first time in heaven and coming face to face 
with the Lord. And before he flips the uh, the last, um, uh, there you go. You see this picture? I was, I was, um, I was, I was in my, uh, I was, came to the, to the church. And um, when I came to the church, there were some things that I had to do. But I usually I go in and check the computer, et cetera, so I make sure everything is moving. Uh, I was on the desktop and uh, I was flipping through some pictures and I saw a picture like this. When I saw this picture where this woman is in tears and her arms around God on her first day in glory, that impacted me for the rest of the day. And I mean, it impacted my life. What if, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that would be. When we all see Jesus and sing and shout the victory. Why? Because we have been what? We've been what? One more time. When you are forgiven, you'll be just like that woman. I don't know when, but to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Better to be grasping the Lord around the neck, and then I hear I am trying to figure out how all these people, uh, the millions of people, be grasping Jesus Christ. Just stop it. Be glad that you're in glory, and the whole idea is that you'll be at home. Uh, Lord, stop it from this path of stupidity, and let me just, just bathe in what's going on. Living a life, and that one day, when I close my eyes, I'll close my eyes to my past, even the present, and I'll open my eyes to the future that God has for me through all eternity. There are a couple, there are a couple of times I've had dreams, and the dreams that I've had, uh, I didn't see Jesus face to face. It was just that break, but I knew it was the Lord. And I couldn't hold back the tears. I couldn't hold back the crying. I just couldn't, just the mere fact of pure joy that I'm home with a person who loved me before the foundations of the world. Forgiven. You are forgiven. Now, God might whip you down here. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't get past it. Don't think you'll be slick on him. He knows your thoughts are far off. You'll get your whipping when you get the glory. Because you are forgiven. It'd be a whole different story. Ah, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And um, if somehow, somewhere in your life, um, there's some things that you have been grappling with as a believer. And say, Lord, help me to accept the fact that I have been forgiven. Lord, um, I know that I know the protocol. If I confess my sins, then it says something about you. You're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And if the Lord's been speaking to your heart, if there's some things that you you're still holding on to, number one, let it go. Drop it. And then knowing that the Lord says, I'm open to you and all you have to do now, I'll forgive you, but go and sin no more. And through bowing prayer.
Father God, how I thank you for the saints of God. I thank you for our time together in your word. Thank you for their patience and listening to me as I share. The whole idea that, that one word, forgiven. You absorbed it all, our offense, as hideous as that was. You absorbed it all. You paid it all, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for it. Telestai, you said on the cross of Calvary, it is finished. Thank you, Lord. And so I just pray for the CBF family and those who may even hear this message. I pray, Lord, that we walk and live like those who are forgiven. And those, Lord, who might not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that forgiveness while you're still breathing a breath, the Lord is willing to forgive and toss as far as the east is from the west. We who are believers, whatever the Lord has touched on our hearts, Lord, we want to confess it right now. That we need to lay it aside. If we're ever going to grow and know you more. Thank you for putting us on the other side of the cross. Where all of us, through Christ, is forgiven. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. And all the saints say.